Arguably the most infamous crime ever associated with the NFL's biggest game of the year. Super Bowl 35, held January 30, 2000, was the very first Super Bowl ever hosted by the city of Atlanta in the massive uh, football complex known as the Georgia Dome, which has now, of course, been demolished. But what happened in the early morning hours of January 31st? 2000 still reverberates today. I'm Tim Darnell, and welcome to Season 2 of ATL Vault here on Atlanta News First, where we go back in time and and look at the most uh, famous events in Atlanta's history. And we're joined today by Tim Livingston. Now, Tim is an award-winning podcast uh, producer of the NBA referee scandal, investigative podcast called Whistleblower. However, uh, he has recently launched, after a three-year investigation, a new series of podcasts on Apple Podcasts in association with Tenderfoot TV and Audacity called The Raven. On roughly around in the early morning hours of January 31st in the year 2000, Ray Lewis, who was already by then a uh, Baltimore Ravens linebacker who was well on his way to a Hall of Fame career, was involved in an altercation outside a Buckhead nightclub called Cobalt, the Cobalt Lounge. Two men, Richard Lawler and Jason Baker, were stabbed to death in an altercation outside that uh, that particular Buckhead uh, establishment. Eleven days after that particular crime, Ray Lewis, along with two other men, Joseph Sweeting and Reginald Oakley, were uh, arrested and charged in their murder. However, Ray Lewis would go on to plead guilty to obstruction of justice and uh, represented by one of the most uh, famous, well-respected criminal defense attorneys in the nation, Don Samuel and Ed Garland. He received a um, one-year probation and a $250,000 fine, if I'm not mistaken, from the NFL. Less than a year later, Ray Lewis would become Super Bowl 36 MVP as the Ravens would go on to win the NFL championship that year. His two associates, um, Joseph Sweeney and Reginald Oakley, would stand trial later that year and would be found uh, not guilty or exonerated until no one to date has ever ever been found guilty of those two murders. And you have, uh, through your amazing investigation, and I listened to the first uh, edition of The Raven this morning uh, before we spoke, you embarked on a massive investigation. I'm not going to ask you to tell us what you found, but what was it that drew you to this case? Um, I got approached after Whistleblower by a couple documentary filmmakers who wanted to basically do a version of Whistleblower where I investigated crime, but but film it. And I really, so we talked about several different stories. Uh, that deal never came to fruition, but they were really into, into this story, which as being from Los Angeles, um, not really having any connection 
to Ray Lewis or to any of the characters. I didn't really uh, gravitate towards it, but then I got deeper into it and I realized that I witnessed an eerily similar murder in Los Angeles as a kid about a year after this crime. So at that point, there was this deep emotional pull to unravel this thing. And yeah, just started investigating it. And 20 years later was the right time to do so. Clint Rucker and Paul Howard, who I'm sure a lot of your listeners know, um, they were in office until 2020. And a big part of this case is under, or a big part of the story is understanding the prosecution side of this case. And those guys couldn't talk until 2020. And I luckily started this podcast in 2021 and started there and got a lot of, lot of really interesting information that we unravel over the course of or over the course of the show the first episode of the layman as i recall is is entitled who is that dude uh and you you went to akron ohio where a lot of these uh the individuals uh who were involved in this case are from tell us about that journey so we started in Akron because of that. What really gets lost in this story are that there was two victims and those families and those victims never received an ounce of justice. Um, and so we started there just to understand who those guys were and a lot of interesting information learned in Akron too. Um, we start off with a character named Zig who was in the Cobalt Lounge that night in Buckhead, um, was a part of this entire dynamic throughout the weekend between these two groups. And he wouldn't speak to the cops, but 20 years later, he was willing to speak to us. And that's a big part of the story is that nobody, nobody spoke to the cops for varying reasons. And the cops and the investigators really didn't gather nearly enough information to make this what it should have been a slam dunk case. And that's how, again, everything, everything unfolded in a really positive way for Ray Lewis and his friends. So now we're we're here all these years later, had an emotional tie, started asking questions, went to Akron, and it, it all kind of came together in a really great podcast. Thank us through the events that night. I mean, I remember the case, I, and, and this is arguably, probably today, still remains the most exciting Super Bowl in NFL history. The St. Louis Rams defeated the Tennessee Titans' first Super Bowl Atlanta ever hosted in the Georgia Dome, you know, which at the time was a world-renowned football facility. Now uh, we have Mercedes-Benz Stadium, but this happened 23, 24 years ago. Take us through the actual events of that night and into the early morning hours of January 31st, 2000. Yeah. So there was a group from Akron that both of the victims were a part of uh, about 40 people from Akron, Ohio came to promote a rapper named Chino Nino, who at the time was an up and comer in the rap world. He had just saw, just recorded a song with juvenile. who's a very well-known rapper. Um, and they all came to Atlanta to promote Chino Nino. So they were in the cobalt lounge that night for that purpose. And then Ray Lewis's group was there just partying with Ray. And there was at the, as both groups were leaving, there was allegedly, I think, we we pretty conclusively established that a member of Ray Lewis's entourage named Reginald Oakley starts an argument between the two groups and it goes, it continues for, again, this all happens in seconds, maybe a minute or two, but they start arguing. They start walking down the street, Ray Lewis's group towards his limo, the Akron group towards their next destination and something happens. 
between the two groups. Um, there is within a moment, and this is what we're trying to uncover in this podcast, who started it? What was that catalyst? But there was a catalyst and the two groups started fighting. Um, and then two members of the Akron group wound up dead with stab wounds, uh, multiple stab wounds to vital organs. And we're trying to uncover who did the stabbing, what caused the fight. There's just a lot to uncover in this case. There's a lot of, we started off with a ton of questions. In reading and refreshing my memory regarding this, Ray Lewis was somehow involved in the altercation and there was a, a suit that he was wearing that apparently was covered in blood. Uh, one of the victim's blood samples of one of the victim's blood was found in his limousine. One of the big questions in the in the case was what happened to this supposedly blood covered suit? Am I correct? Yes, the suit, it's a little bit of a red herring. I mean, it, once you, there's just so much more like this, the disappearing suit which Ray Lewis's attorney years later in, in an interview with CNN claimed was just at the cleaners. We don't, we don't think that's true. That suit um, is, it's certainly interesting, but there are so many bigger pieces of this story. As you, as we did, as we dug into it, the suit became a really, really small thing, which I think gives you an idea of if you, if you do know about this story, then you probably know about the suit. And hopefully it's enticing to hear that the suit by the end of it, you're like, who cares about the suit? What did you learn about Atlanta when you were on, when you were doing your research? You're saying you're from Los Angeles and wasn't familiar with it. What did you learn about the city? A lot. I think it's really interesting, just in general, cities trying to get people to move there. Right? A city is a business in in and of itself. They're trying to expand that business. And Atlanta, in this time, late not really throughout the 90s and early 2000s was trying to boom as a city. And obviously there's a lot of great things in Atlanta. It's the biggest, most, you know, there's, there's the biggest city in the Southeast. There's a lot of things that would entice a lot of people to move to Atlanta, I think are, are doing so currently. Um, but yeah, the, the branding part of like just a city and how a city wants to brand itself, right? So Atlanta was trying to brand itself as this up and coming city, it's a great place to live and there's fun events. There's a Super Bowl, there's the Olympics. Like that's, that's a, a pretty, you know, it seemed like Atlanta was very much trying to establish itself. And then at the Olympics, the 90, 1996 Olympic Park bombing, and then fast forward to 2000, there's a double homicide in Buckhead. It really, I think, affected the morale. Maybe just for a short time, like I think 20 years later, I know Atlanta was more than rebounded, but I think there were just two gut punches to this up-and-coming city at these two huge events. So, yeah, I've learned a lot about Atlanta. I think it's really interesting. I think the city today is is great and a place where everybody should want to live. Um, but at this time, and we do get into the system, the Paul Howard's office, the police department at that time was a mess. So we get into a lot of stuff. Um, like the city's bones were still, it was still a very young city. Like if you look at how the detectives were like one detective on duty at all times in the city of Atlanta. It's one thing we learned. Like there was after the Super Bowl, all these people come to your city, hundreds of thousands of people descend upon your city. You have one homicide detective working morning hours after. And that was common. That was just something that Mike Smith and his department thought was was enough for a city of Atlanta's size. So there's a lot of really interesting things. Um, and Atlanta is definitely a big character in the story. 
How many of them heard about Paul Howard? Now, he was a, a DA in Fulton County for many years, ran for re-election, was re-elected several times, but in 2020, he was uh, ousted by a former assistant DA who worked for him, Bonnie Willis. Bonnie Willis is now obviously pursuing uh, a number of huge high-profile crime or trials, one that we're covering here in Atlanta regarding a rapper Young Thug and the YSL alleged gang and the other, of course, which everyone knows about her uh, indictment of former President Donald Trump. Tell me about her predecessor. Paul Howard is a really interesting character in the story. He was the district attorney, so he was a bureaucrat, he was a politician, but he was a former trial lawyer, former prosecutor. And so after years, many, many years of not trying a case, he put himself as lead chair in this case. And unfortunately, that did not work out well. He was going up against Don Samuel, Steve Sadow, who's defending Donald Trump, um, Bruce Harvey, and a number of other very talented defense attorneys. And Paul Howard got absolutely owned on every single major part of this trial. So um, unfortunately, I think Paul Howard was a politician, and I don't mean that in a positive way. And so you probably know more about his reign as Atlanta's district attorney than I do. But after learning about how he handled this case and led this case, it was, I think, I think it's going to be pretty disheartening for Atlanta listeners. Now, the victim's family, Richard Lawler and the family of Richard Lawler and Jason Baker, you talked to Richard Lawler's brother. Um, they believe Ray Lewis got away with murder. What do you think? I think I would love to answer that question uh, a day before our second episode drops, but your listeners are going to have to hang on for the entire the entire ride. I think in this podcast, we give the audience, by the, by the time you listen to the seventh episode, I think you will have enough information to really understand what happened in this case. There will still be questions, many of which Ray himself has to answer, but I think you will understand every single facet of this story from the murders themselves to a bungled investigation to an even more bungled courtroom trial. Um, so with that being said, uh, I think I think a lot of questions will be answered with a lot of good questions still remaining by the time we get to the, to the end of this thing. Um, and Ray Lewis as a character is somebody who, if you think, if you have an idea, he, I don't, I don't believe the Lawlers are correct, but Ray is certainly certainly a layered character by the end of this story. With his plea deal, am I, am I correct in saying he did accept a plea deal for obstruction of justice? Do you think there's any portions of that agreement that prohibit him from speaking on this in a more public or thorough form? So I don't think the misdemeanor plea really affected that. I mean, he did um, separate deals with both of the victims' families. I know he had um, cash settlements with the Bakers and the Lawlers, uh, or Richard Lawler's um, wife, or or excuse me, the, the mother of his future child. So I think as part of all those agreements and part of this whole thing, Ray's PR strategy was just to be quiet. Um I don't think there was any, there was a lot of stuff that despite Ray not being somebody who, let me choose my words carefully here. 
I think Ray is the victim in some ways in this story. And I think Ray is guilty of some things in this story. But when it comes to him as a character, that's that's the beauty of this story is that you get all those layers and you get somebody where by the end of it, I think the world's just going to hear from him and hear what he's got to say. Ray Lewis, as I said, went on to a Hall of Fame NFL career, arguably one of the greatest, if not the greatest middle linebacker in NFL history. Final question, do you think anyone will ever be brought to justice for these two homicides that occurred more than 20 years ago this month? I don't think so. And I think that's more of a statute of limitations question. Um, what What I'm hoping to achieve with this podcast is to give the victims' families all the answers that they haven't had. Because like you said in that first episode, Richard Lawler's aunt, who was at the trial every single day and who everybody in the family considered the family expert, she thinks and thought that she thought and thinks that Ray Lewis is uh, clearly the murderer, the one who killed her nephew. Um, and there was two victims in this case. So there's a lot of questions about who killed who, but we pretty conclusively conclude that Ray Lewis did not kill Richard Lawler. And so the families have been thinking, had this truth in their head for all this time. And I hope that by the time we're done presenting all the evidence that we're going to present, they have a really clear idea of what happened to to Richard and Jason and that they get that closure. Tim Livingston is the host of a new series, a podcast called The Raven. Now, tell me how many episodes there are and where can people listen to The Raven? You can listen to Raven on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, there's going to be seven core episodes of the series with additional, bo- probably three to four additional bonus episodes coming shortly after. And yeah, listen to it wherever wherever you get your podcasts. Now, where, what is the timetable? As of the time we're talking this morning, there are two episodes out. What is the time for, what's the schedule for release? We, we release episodes every Friday. So you can get an episode ahead of time if you're a Tenderfoot Plus subscriber. Uh, Otherwise, they release weekly every Friday. You can get a little bit ahead with Tenderfoot Plus. um, But for the next six weeks, they'll be releasing Friday. This is Tim Livingston, host of uh, the Raven podcast. Regarding one of the most famous crimes, arguably the most famous crime ever associated with the NFL championship game, the worldwide phenomenon known as the Super Bowl regarding Ray Lewis and the double homicide that occurred uh, only hours after Super Bowl 35 held here in Atlanta. Thanks for Tim Livingston for joining us. And also, we encourage all of you to listen not only to The Raven on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcast, but also Season 2, ATL Vault. Also on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening to this edition of ATL Vault here on Atlanta News First. Awesome. Thank you, Tim. It was nice meeting you.